0: Wonderful show is keeping up with the Joneses.
1: Hello. No singing on this podcast.
0: (laughs) Can you hear me? I can. Hey, baby.
1: (laughs) As usual, it's late night, Sunday night (laughs) chat, and my wife is delirious with joy.
0: I'm not in California dreaming. No, you're not. I'm looking at the handsomest man on the planet. Happy Valentine's
1: Day. Oh, it's Valentine's Day, baby. We should have done a Valentine's theme podcast.
0: We should have done the dating game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> how would that work with me and you
0: i don't know we'd need somebody to ask the questions
1: okay yeah. maybe next year we'll time and do a, a proper valentine's podcast that would be excellent let's catch up on this week yes the highlight of my week was listening to our students preach back to us oh it was so good it was a great joy watching them preach.
0: it was it was fun to see them do something that two weeks ago they were like i can't do this i can't do this and they all got up there and did it
1: So proud of you guys. Yeah. Then on Wednesday, the snowpocalypse came back. Yes. Shut down all of Franklin. Yes. Our kids have used too many snow days that apparently they're going to have to eat into summer vacation. What? Well, they're only budgeted a certain number of snow days and we've already gone (laughs) over them. Are you sure? Well, I don't know. I did hear that from a third grader who got off the bus. So maybe, okay. maybe my knowledge maybe should come from it. higher up the food chain. And then that
0: might not be your best source. <laughs> I mean, I think they've had four snow days total. I'm not sure that should have eaten into their entire thing.
1: All right. Thing. What, what does he well, know? Well, you know, yeah. I'll tease him at the bus stop on Good.
0: Tuesday. Maybe hackle him a little bit, push him into the dirt.
1: <laughs> I got great feedback this week from our listeners About us describing our fight that we had, about who would get out of bed
0: first. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really changed this week, though, has it? That is
1: unfair. (gasps) It's true, though.
0: (laughs) I'll take it back if you like.
1: (laughs) Let's move on. The big news was that our friends Gary and Sarah came into town. It is the big news. Which, coincidentally, is the focus of this episode. It is. And here's the thing, listeners. If you are into accents, joining my southern slash Scottish accent... (laughs) And AJ's utterly fake Canadian accent... Hey!
0: It's is, not fake. I can say out in your boat.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but joining our accents this week, we have a Kiwi and we have a Welshman. Gary and Sarah Morgan, welcome to Keeping Up with the Joneses. So good to be here. Finally. <laughs> I know. If I'm honest, when we started this podcast, In Mind was you guys on the show. And I was I've been racking my brain how to do it remotely. And without forcing you to spend a couple hundred dollars... <laughs> Just to make my dreams come true, I just thought I'd wait until you're actually here. Come on. So it's a genuine joy for us to have you on the show. Tell our listeners who you are, where you live, and what you do. Well, I'm Gary.
2: And I'm Sarah.
3: And we live in Melbourne. And I'm from Wales.
2: And I'm from New Zealand.
3: And we pastor an amazing church called Hillview.
1: Are people in Melbourne confused by your accents? No.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, ah so do do they pick
1: out that you're a kiwi is it that obvious
2: very rarely unless i say the number six because to them it sounds like a bad word um like sex yes
3: that's the word
2: that's not a bad word oh (laughs) but it is when you're trying to give change yeah it is
3: (laughs) or i ask my wife to count and after five i say thank you
1: (laughs) but obviously your accent completely stands out
3: no because the interesting thing is people ask me where i'm from and so yes uh, it does confuse them yeah but i say let them guess and they're like scotland ireland belgium south africa never wales never wales and when i say wales they said oh that's just england and i'm like oh australia's part of new
1: zealand yeah they must love that completely um aj remind us how we all met
0: well i first met gary uh we went to do this conference in croydon and uh when they asked me to come they said they have this young prophetic guy coming and so, uh, could I come and talk about inner healing and the father's heart? And he would prophesy and talk about pr- prophetic things. And that was all I knew. And so when I arrived at the conference, Gary and I both looked at each other, like we were scanning one another. And I guess we decided instantly
1: that we were all right with each other. Cause we went, walked up the street to grab a coffee.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: And I remember you coming home from that conference. Yeah. And I Because we weren't married yet. No, we are you engaged. Said, yeah. you said, you've got to meet this young man, Gary Morgan. You're going to absolutely love him. And I just thought, no, I had already decided that I wasn't going to like Gary Morgan. Just mm-hmm. for purely stubborn reasons. But then, we, how did we meet? You, you invited us over. Yeah, in so, May.
3: In May. So I, at that point, was running a prophetic school in Cardiff. And uh, I invited you guys to come. You'd been married. And so I said, why don't you come and uh, and speak at the school?
1: And that's when we first met. That's when we first and met And I remember walking in and you scanning me too. Exactly.
3: Do you scan everybody <laughs> you meet? I don't scan everyone, I just sort of up and down like a
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> called scanning. Yeah,
3: I guess so.
1: <laughs> Do you remember that I just pestered you? Like I think I was so happy to find a prophet that could answer all my questions that I remember every everywhere we went, I sat beside you. And I just asked you every yeah. question, swapped all prophetic experiences that I'd had, saying, what about this? What about that? What does this color mean? What about this? How do you pick up this? Do you? Yeah. do you remember that? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. D- d- it didn't drive you nuts? No, at all. So you're the opposite of Bob Jones. <laughs> when I tried that with Bob Jones, he shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> Denied. Bob does not like questions. No. Nope. I wonder if he still does.
0: He might be okay with them now.
1: And then how did we meet Sarah, baby?
0: Well, remember Gary met Sarah. And he told us the story about how she jumped into his heart. And we must have heard that story about 10 times.
1: Oh, 100 times.
0: Oh, no, I mean, like in the first two hours of him being at our house. And then (laughs) to the point where we could retell it.
1: Yeah, because you fell in love instantly. Sarah Morgan, you were, you guys were ministering at the same conference together. And you didn't know that uh, she was behind you. Is that right? That's right. You were at the sound desk setting up some music. And you tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around. And you're you're socially verbose. I mean, you're happy to talk to anyone, oh, any place. totally. Yeah. And as soon as you turned around, all you could say is, do you like music?
2: <laughs> it was more like, uh, uh, do you like music?
3: And, you ju- and she just jumped into your heart. Totally jumped into my heart.
1: And is it fair to say you knew you were going to marry her at that point? Yeah, totally. That's not awkward at all. No. And your dad was there, wasn't it, Sarah?
2: <laughs> my dad came that night. But when I met Gary, I seriously thought he was an interesting person (laughs) who I did not like. Define interesting. (laughs) Well, he completely, after he said, do you like music? He completely ignored me.
1: Oh, of course. Classic middle school, boy likes girl, doesn't know how to interact with girl. I'll just shut down and ignore her. Hopefully she'll get the message by osmosis. Exactly.
2: Yes. (laughs) And so my dad arrived that night, actually at 5am in the morning because his plane got delayed. And so the next day after my session, I was very tired, and so Dad and I decided to go for coffee. And somehow, I do not know to this day how I found out Gary liked Starbucks, but we went to go to Starbucks with my dad, and it was just me and my dad. It was supposed to be a father-daughter date, and Gary nicely, kindly invited himself.
1: A boy? How'd you do?
2: He had a plan. He had profusely flirted with me for the next two days.
3: I actually was talking to Sarah about the fact of, I think at that point you guys had gifted me my own domain name, GaryMorgan.org. Yes. And so I was talking.
1: (laughs) That that sounds like a gift I would give.
3: (laughs) 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 Which I don't think is even available anymore. But um, at that point I said, well, Sarah, you're in ministry, so maybe you need to pray and ask the Lord for the surname of your future husband and then you can just get the domain name. As a sort of a... Prophetic statement. Prophetic statement. You smooth silver. I thought it was amazing word.
1: And what did you think?
2: I thought he was crazy. Because (laughs) number one, I was like, where is that coming from? But my dad actually interjected even my flow of thought. And he's like, we don't need to be talking about marriage. And he actually... No, no, we don't
3: need to be talking about stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and he jumped right in between us. And then that was the end of the conversation.
3: (laughs) Shut us down. (laughs) He
2: shut it down. The thing that got my father was Gary actually showed him the farting preacher.
1: And so your dad loved that.
2: <laughs> my dad thought it
0: was hysterical. And he cried the, laughing. That's what won him over. He <laughs> that's said that's what, what I'll give I'm you my gonna... daughter because you showed me the farting preacher. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: And, and how quickly did you guys get married after meeting?
2: Seven months later, Gary flew out to New Zealand and so that was we'd only seen each other for three days during that conference. Seven months later he flew out to New Zealand and so that was the tenth of January. To
1: propose.
3: To propose. 22nd of uh, January, which was seven months to the day that we first met, because we met on the 22nd of June.
1: Those are your 22s. We'll talk about 22s in a second. So on the 22nd of January, you fly just with the intent of proposing. Exactly. And then, because I remember getting a phone call to be your best man. Correct. AJ and I were in London, and you guys were in Wellington, and I remember you phoned me and said, Al, I just proposed to Sarah. You know, we're thinking of getting married here. Could you guys you know, book some flights to come out to Australia? Would you be my best man? I was like, "Oh, dude, that was amazing." And then, about cry me if I'm wrong, about 50 minutes later, you called me back and said, Al, change your plans. We're going to get married in 10 days." Correct. Yep. And and your parents were completely happy with this.
2: Well, it's actually my dad's idea.
3: But my dad thought she was up the death. What What does that mean? <laughs> I thought she was pregnant.
1: <laughs>
3: it's the first thing, it's the first thing. Yes.
1: Okay, up the duff is a colloquialism for knocked up, yeah, which is a colloquialism for a bun in the oven. (laughs) That's correct. Okay, your dad thought you'd got her pregnant (laughs) and it was a shotgun wedding. Exactly. Okay, which it was not. No. 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 So then you guys got married and we all had a life that was very similar. Exactly. We lived in airports. Yes. And on airplanes. Very much so. And so thus began four years of us intersecting in airports around the world exactly. Yes. and you had your own itinerary we had our own itinerary and we just decided whenever we were in the same country we would always meet for lunch or breakfast or dinner somewhere Yeah. I made a list of the place we ate we ate in Toronto do you remember where? yes
2: C and it, it was C and
1: yeah. oh good job we good met job. in Sydney do you remember where? the airport it was? the airport which terminal? it would be terminal 1 very good uh, we met in Montreal
3: at the at the western oh,
1: look at you your memory's super wow do you remember the movie we all went to see? Did we go see a movie? No, we didn't see a movie. We saw Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. That's right. You're we right. Did. We yes. did. Thanks. Wow. See, I remember some What's stuff. That? We met in Cardiff, we met in London, and then obviously we met in Melbourne. Yes. yes. So we've known each other for, we were just working this out, 11 years. We've stayed in each other's houses. We have a ton of shared life experience. Good, bad, sad, mad, lots of mad. Um... And tons of joy. And for us, for AJ and I, like you guys are two of our favorite people in the whole world. And even though we live on opposite sides of the world, we talk often thanks to the joys of FaceTime. I mean, there's so much stuff we could talk about. There really is. But I wanted to play a game that we always like to play when we have guests come on. And it's called First Things First. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you out a bunch of things. And I want you to tell us the first thing that pops into your head. All right. So, first thing that pops in your head when we say David Wagner? Mercy.
0: Prophet. Graham Cook. Brilliant. Amazing.
1: Sean Balls.
3: Inspirational.
0: Beard. Very good. Chris McClarny. Legend. Phenomenal.
1: Chris Valentin.
3: Funny.
0: Shirts. Danny Silk.
3: Slick.
2: Keeping your love on.
1: I'll let you have that, even though that's th- keep your love on, even though that's for Kylo. Words. Oh, look at you, <laughs> Bill Johnson. Genius.
0: Revelatory.
3: Parenting. Interesting.
0: Awesome. Baby wise. Life changing. Salvation.
3: <laughs> Ferrari. Fast. Gary. Apple. Mecca.
0: Fruit. <laughs> Tobias.
3: My world. God's gift. Sushi. Velvet.
2: Wild ginger.
3: Happy. God.
2: Joneses. Aww.
1: Yay. There, There's so many things that we could pick your brain about, which is kind of why I want to have you just here and locked in this room and we could do a podcast for months on end, because really, there's so much we could talk about. We could talk about life as pastors leading a church. We could talk about the prophetic. We could talk about travel. We could talk about the crazy signs and wonders that you guys have seen, but have never spoken about publicly. We could talk about the miraculous nature that seems to follow. You could talk about the birth of Tobias. We, I mean, there's just literally so much stuff we could talk about. We could talk about wisdom. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, but what I want to talk about is I want to talk about this morning at Gray Center because I thought that would be a fun thing to unpack and pick your brain because one of the joys that a j and I have of of being your friends and and getting to see the behind the scenes of your life is you have one thing in common with a lot of the people that we love and are very close to our hearts in that you are the same people off stage as you are on stage, and that's unfortunately, rarer than I would like it to be. So we get to see the behind the scenes. We get to see before the service. We get to see after the service. We get to see how you treat each other, how you treat your kids and all that sort of stuff. But if you weren't at Grace Center this morning, look in our show notes, go to com slash 90 and look for the link that talks about Gray Center Sunday morning. And it's 45 minutes, but it's 45 minutes that will astonish you. You call out about 12 people, either by their name or by their date of birth, or by their anniversary, or by their street address. Supernaturally, <laughs> like you're a visitor to our church. I'm mean, sure you've been here a couple of times, but you live in Australia. And supernaturally, you were praying, and I've got in front of me your notes. And I wanted to talk about this process. So stop what you're doing right now. Go watch the 45-minute episode, and then come back, and we're going to pick up and talk about that. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. Okay, so I'm looking at your sheet of paper here. Now, talk to me about the sheet of paper, because somebody actually wrote in and asked. Shannon wrote in and asked and said, I have a question for you. When you're getting prophetic words, do you write down or know every seemingly random thing that passes through your mind? And then if so, how do you know what to throw away and what to keep? Well, I can kind of answer that for you, because I can see your notes right here. You have written on a line the word Emily, the number 2710, And then the question, your husband's a hunter? Question mark. How did you get that?
3: So I'm in worship and I'll just get sometimes a flash or a thought or maybe um, something will remind me. And so that particular one is, I had the name Emily and I saw 2710. And so for me, either that's a pin number or it's a date. And so I went with the date and I just saw a gun. And particularly a person, you know, hitting the, uh, hitting a bullseye. And so, so,
1: so out of that, you wrote down, Emily, two, seven, one, zero, your husband's a hunter. hunter. Is he a hunter? So then you stand up and you say, you just literally read that. You go, Hey guys, let's see. Let's not try and make this fit. If it fits, it fits. Is there an Emily here? And does two, seven, one, zero mean anything to you? Could be a pin number. If it's a birthday, because of course you're British, it would be the 27th of October. Yes. Right, which would confuse Americans because we do dates and months the other way around. And lo and behold, there's an Emily. We happen to know her. She's a student on the school. You've never met her in your life before. Emily stands up and you said, what does 2710 mean? And she said, my birthday is the 27th of October. And then you said, is your husband a hunter? <laughs> and the whole room laughs because we know that her husband's name is Hunter. 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 So there's a whole play on words there. Now, at this point, the room is in total awe, but you haven't actually prophesied over them yet. All you've got... All you've got... All you've got is supernatural revelation about their name and their birthday. And they're, they're it's fair to say they're absolutely stunned. Talk to me about your journey into that, because all of us at this table have spent years training people how to prophesy. We've prophesied all around the world, and yet that seems to be... A st- another level to get people's names and dates of birth. Tell us how that happened.
3: So back in uh, New Zealand, I was in Hamilton and we were ministering, and it sort of came to the place of God reminding me of what happened in Toronto in 2005 when the first number I ever got was was Sarah's, where she was staying.
1: Wait now, let's let's talk <laughs> about that. I'm sorry, so sorry. Tell me that story. <laughs>
3: So um, so Sarah, uh, I was in Canada, uh, in Toronto, in John Arnott's office. And I get a message to tell me Sarah had been rushed to hospital. She'd fallen off a horse. And I I couldn't get back into the US because my visa had expired. I'm sitting there and all that came before me was this 10-digit digit number.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So when you say came before you, what does that mean? So I
3: literally saw it at like a almost like a ticker tape in front of me.
1: With your eyes open. With my eyes open. You see a 10-digit number scroll past you. Scroll past my eyes. So you write it down? So I write it down,
3: and, and John Arnott being the, the, the childlike- Instigator. Instigator he is, he says, well, Gary, there's a phone, call it. And so I picked up the, the number and, and started calling it, and it started ringing. And at that point, my heart's pounding in my chest, and this woman answers. And the only thing I can say is, is Sarah there? And I hear like a fumbling of the phone, and I thought the person had put it down. And as I went to put the phone down, the next voice I heard was Sarah's. And she had just come in from the hospital literally 30 seconds before I'd called.
1: And now, hang on. If that's not the most bonkers thing you've ever heard, I don't know what is. So the odds... Just statistically, sorry, my left brain this morning, I was keeping tab of the number of people you called out and just, it's been years since I've done statistical analysis. I did that when I was uh, studying math in university. But the odds of getting a 10-digit number that is somebody's phone number somewhere in the world are uh, really, really high. You can get any 10-digit number. It's probably a phone number. But of getting the actual person that you were thinking about is astonishing. So are you freaking out or? I'm totally freaking out.
3: And so I find myself in in New Zealand and I get this number and I just go for it and the guy it's the guy's pin number. And at that point I totally retreat into myself because I realised I couldn't trust myself with that with that level of revelation. And at that point I'm like, I can't do this. And it wasn't until some years later that we find ourselves uh, in a place where the Lord said to me, "Gary, I trust you. You can trust me." And at that point, that's when I started flying. I think it was two thousand and ten, back at Grace Center. That's right. It was back here at Grace Center. Who's Ashley? Yeah, who's Ashley? And that's when it started back in my life of cu- of jumping back into. And then the Lord gave me their address, and and that's when it just started flowing. But. I really was hesitant in, in moving in that because I didn't trust myself.
1: Okay, can we push a pin there and go back to years and years and years and years ago? This is the story, tell me if I'm right, if I'm telling it right, of how you got into prophetic ministry. You're at a conference and Ray Hughes is ministering. You you're not a minister, you're just somebody in the yeah. in the conference. And Ray Hughes calls you out, and you're not you're not in prophetic ministry at all. You're not even in ministry. You're what, sixteen years old? I'm nineteen. Oh, you're nineteen years old. And Ray Hughes calls you out and gives you the most random word ever. When the bell's toll, the prophetic will be released.
3: You'll move from the gift of prophecy to the office of a prophet.
1: And you're thinking, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. No clue.
3: And then he starts describing to me how I I see literally what's going on in my my spirit. And it freaked me out.
1: So one year later, later, you're back at a conference, but this time you're speaking at the conference. Yes. And as you're speaking, the bells of the church next to you start ringing, start tolling. Yeah. And as they start ringing, it's like a switch happens. Yes. And something gets turned on, and now you can see the secrets of people's hearts. Yes. So, and that freaks you out too. Yes. So you've had this journey, and this is one of the things we love about you. It's actually one of the things we love about you both, is that your wisdom gift is as large as your revelation gift, which is uncommon. Because most prophetic people start out as what John Paul Jackson used to say, as gifted nothings. They, their, their gift validates their existence, but you guys somehow got a foundation, the father's love that has steadied your prophetic. So Emily, so you have, you have your word of knowledge. You've got the names of people. Uh, you've got a date of birth, but what's interesting is you don't know whether it's a date of birth or a pin number or an
0: anniversary or or whatever. whatever.
1: All you've got is revelation and, and faith you give it yeah that's what I love about it I'm looking at a page here that's all faith it's all a diving board you've got no confidence that it's going to be right
3: and I start I start at the beginning of the service like sometimes I'll get stuff like last night we talked about I said you know I'm getting the name Barbie and um, another name Melody yes yeah and so you know sometimes I'll get just randoms and, and I know it's the Lord because it's 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 the way I feel when I hear it it's like I feel the kindness of God when I, when I think about these things. And so, you know, there's all manner of thoughts going through my head. But it's literally when I, when I get a name or a date, it's like I can feel the kindness of God. And so that's why at the beginning of the service, you know, I have my iPad out or I usually have a book. I forgot my book this time, but I have my iPad out so everyone can see. And, you know, that's why then I, I walked up to you this morning and you know, and showed you what I had, because, you know, one of the things that, that I believe is, is key in the prophetic is, is integrity.
1: All right. It's prophetic ministry. You're training somebody and they say, I have a word from the Lord. And you say, okay, what's the word from the Lord? And they say, the word from the Lord is nine one one Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And you say, you're adorable. <laughs> That's not a word <laughs> from God. That's not in the Bible. And yet, tell me about 911 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
3: So I see 911, so I'm thinking emergency, which is 911 here. But also as well 911 in the sense of um a date of birth. A date of birth which, you know, is could be um the 9th of um the 11th of September. 11th of September or then, you know, the 9th of November depending right. how you look at it, but for me it was 911 came quite strong and and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And so I saw a birthday card with Rudolph on the front, and so I thought I'd write it down.
1: So then you stand up in front of a packed congregation, and you say, Hey, guys, I've got a word. It's a weird one, to be sure. But I hear the Lord say 911, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and it just goes silent. Yeah, And you're feeling about as excited as a fart in a spacesuit, right? All the oxygen (laughs) has been removed from the room, everyone's standing there. And what are you feeling? Are you feeling panicked? or?
3: I just, I just know God's kindness and, and the lengths He goes to to reach people.
1: So even though nobody's responded, and then after a couple of minutes, people do respond, but it, f- you know, it it doesn't feel right. It feels like people are massaging it to f- fit f- to fit exactly. And so you're so confident that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. It doesn't even pop in your head that oh, well, you know, win some, lose some.
3: You know, for me, it's like that resonance of when it, someone responds. It's interesting, there's been a couple of times when people have responded and it doesn't resonate. It doesn't feel like there's an agreement there. And so that's why I, I really um harbored to really find, you know, it's really like hide and seek. It's like connecting the dots. And so, you know, for me this morning, it's it's finding that and, and we know now afterwards. Well, let's so, not go to afterwards. Okay.
1: Let's, let's hold on there. So what you do is you say, oh, well, there's nobody in the room that that word applies to. Are we streaming? Yeah. And we are. So you just prophesy to the the video camera
3: or the recording? Because or the recording? There's been so many times when there's a word, and this is one of the things I encourage people. Even if you get something and it doesn't connect in the room, if it's being recorded, then it's gonna it's gonna connect with someone. That word is too specific, not for it to land.
1: I I hate to be a stickler, but. 911 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, while specific,
3: <laughs> it could just also be strange. pizza. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And yet your confidence in the Lord is that you know he's not playing games. That's right. So you go ahead, you just give this word and lo and behold, one of our students writes this.
0: Well, well before you say that, you while you started prophesying, you got about a sentence in and then you said It's a K. It's a K Rudolph. And we all went, oh, Kristen Rudolph.
1: Oh, that's right. You said your first name begins with a K. You said it's
0: a woman. And then you said it's a K. It's a, you know, and we all went, Kristen Rudolph. And you kept going.
1: Okay, go ahead. So then Kristen Rudolph, whose name does begin with a K, wrote this on your Facebook wall. She said, Gary, I wanted to let you know that I was who you prophesied over at the end of the second service at Grace Center this morning. I was at first service this morning, which is why I wasn't there when you called out 911 and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. My birthday is 911, or September 11th, and I work for a company that sells life-saving emergency medical equipment, AEDs and defibrillators. So there's your. There's also the play in words of 911. And when I tell people my last name, which is Rudolph, I often say Rudolph like the reindeer. Thank you for the word. It completely resonated, was right on, and was so needed. Thank you for your obedience, for sharing his words, and for loving so well. I remember Steve Thompson from Morningstar, uh, a prophetic conference. Somebody had complained that prophetic people are you know, often insecure. And he said, well, you would be insecure too if your job was to stand up in front of hundreds of people, tell them stuff that you've got no way of knowing if it's right, and you're telling them stuff that no ordinary person should actually know. <laughs> But you seem completely calm in doing that.
3: Yeah. Like for me, he's, he's trusted me with something. And, it, and it's my, you know, the word responsibility is also the ability to respond. And so, you know, if he's given me the responsibility of this word, it's, it's my ability to respond to that. And so in that, then it's, I realize I'm partnering with him. And so he's given me something to steward. And to the best of my ability, to, to the, the filter of kindness, and to that place of his goodness, that's all I can respond with.
1: Yeah, I think that's amazing. Sarah, what, what does that look like off stage? Like in your normal everyday life, how does the prophetic manifest in your marriage? What's frustrating about it?
2: It's very frustrating because you cannot surprise a prophet. <laughs> He did it to me again. Actually, I'm at the point now, it wouldn't be a Christmas without him having a dream about what I'm to get him for Christmas. So it started quite a while ago. But I remember when we were living in America, and Gary had been telling me how he was missing all his British food. And I actually had found a British import store. So I'd went out, bought all his favourite food wrapped it up and put it in his stocking and he he wakes up it was probably about two weeks before Christmas he wakes up in the morning he said I had the worst dream ever and I'm like what was your dream honey thinking it was a nightmare and he said on Christmas day I opened my stocking and it was all my British food and so I was like are you kidding me and so I went to the closet, got his stocking out, and I threw it at him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like the right response, you yes, know. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to do nice,
2: something nice, and the, there's only one time I would have ever surprised him, and that was for his 30th birthday, and I had about 50 people, I'm not kidding,
0: praying that he would not find out about our surprises. You know, it, it sometimes helps if, if you wrap your head in tin foil. It does. So from the moment that you buy the gift, just sleep with tinfoil, walk around with tinfoil around your head. He shouldn't get any revelation at all. But I'm, I'm You're pre- welcome.
2: I'm pretty sure. Al- <laughs> 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 I know Alan's been at the um, mercy of Gary's prophetic with card tricks.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> one of my hobbies uh, over the years has been card tricks. I lived with a couple of magicians when I was in university and I love the skill of close hand magic and, I'm uh, by no means, uh, proficient, I'm a bumbling amateur, but there's a bunch of card tricks I've loved to develop over the years and in seasons of my life I find myself practicing them. And I remember when you were staying with us one time, I'd I'd been brushing up on these tricks. And there's this trick. You know, often when you do a trick, especially for adults that don't like to be fooled, they often say, Oh, I know how you did that and here is the thing: even if you know how you do one part of the trick, there is no way you know, especially with the the caliber of tricks I was doing. There are ones that you would have seen on television. David Blaine would have done them, and and even though I know how they're done, they're incredibly complex, require huge amounts of practice. and And on one particular occasion, I am showing you this trick, and and part of the patter that goes with the trick is you you get the person you are doing the car trick in into your side you get them off kilter by kind of deceiving them a little bit by the premises hey let me teach you this trick and you do it and it's all misdirection and it's an astonishing trick i I saw the the reason i wanted to learn it is i saw david blaine do on tv it's a magnificent effect and so i did it on you and you were like oh that's awesome now so tell me how you do it and i was like no no a magician never reveals the tricks and you were like yeah but you started a trick by saying let me teach you how to do this trick i was like oh gary that's that's part of the pattern and so then you went to bed and as you went to bed you you just
3: yeah, I was like, that's that's an injustice. Alan Alan's word was he would teach me. And so I went to sleep and, and in a dream the Lord showed me how you did the trick.
1: And then you woke up that morning and you were like and I came through and you were like, I know how you did that trick. And of course I'm thinking there's no wow. way. There's literally no way. And even if you did know one the I mean there's so many
0: Components, components to, that trick. to it.
1: Yeah. And so you said, Give me the pack and you talked me through every step of the trick and of course you couldn't you couldn't uh, do the trick because it required huge levels of dexterity in your hands but you could absolutely go through step by step the mechanics the slights the misdirection and i was like Ah!" (laughs) you know you (laughs) kidding me
0: i kind of feel sorry for your kids as they get older and hit teenageness it's all good
1: it was was not only him because
2: he'll go out for mcdonald's and i say hey what do you have for lunch he's like Silent treatment. I'm like, you had McDonald's, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: all right. Tell us, um, I've got some listeners' questions, but before we do that, tell us a story of a, one of the most random, I mean, I think 911 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger has got to be up there in terms of random, but tell us another random word of knowledge that you've had that seems Socks. to be the Lord. Um, I was
3: in Brisbane uh, recently, last year, uh, at a church called Worship Centre, and again, had this left field sort of um, play on, on words. And, and the word was, um, while shepherds wash their socks by night, which is, was something as kids we would change that to that, you know, that sort of, while shepherds watch their flocks by night, we would change. And so I just get it, and I'm like, okay, that, that doesn't, that's random, but I'll, I'll go with it, because again, I felt the kindness of God. right, And then I also got, I think, the 19th of January, And so I just said it. And all of a sudden, this woman, four rows back, sort of gets up and, you know, slowly makes her way forward. Now, I realized that she has actually broken her ankle and she has a a plaster cast on her right uh, or left leg. And on it is a sock. And on the sock is a sheep. But the, the crazy thing is, is her surname is Shepherd. And her wedding anniversary is the 19th of January. And so at that point, I know the Lord wants to speak. And a lot of times, Alan, you know, I'll I'll get the word of knowledge without the word. And it isn't until the person stands up or I connect with the person that then, you know, I tune to flow as we teach students. I tune to flow and then, you know, what the Lord wants to say to them.
1: Yeah, because it's important to note that it isn't just a parlour trick of getting people's names or dates of birth or pin numbers. That's just to identify the person and really root the person that what you're going to say next is the Lord. Yeah. And then you give them a prophetic word about yeah. the Lord's heart for that person, their nature, or a word of encouragement, or, you know, perhaps what's coming down the line to prepare them for this next season. Exactly.
3: And, you know, I'll be vulnerable. There's, there's many times people will say to you, oh, you, you got that off the Internet or you got that on Facebook. And I remember being at a church when at the end of the service, this guy comes out of nowhere. And he comes right in my face and said, you got that on Facebook.
1: And the pastor... Wait, wait, wait. So the accusation is that before you go to a church service, you're scouring Facebook in the hopes that these people show up and you've gleaned personal information about them to use... In the service. In the service. Okay. And
3: so that's the accusation. And so the pastor stops him and says, one minute, sir. Turns and calls a guy that I administered over in the service and said, can you tell this guy... What well, Gary ministered to you. And he said, well, he got my anniversary, he got my wife's name, and he got my birthday. And he said, really? He said, are you on social media? He said, I can't be. I work for the AFP, which is the Australian Federal Police. So he has no social media presence.
1: The equivalent of America's FBI.
3: Exactly. And so this guy, you know, which was so heartwarming, totally, you know, humbled himself at that point and profusely. You know, apologized, but it's it's what amazes me is let let me make this statement. Even if the information, even if I had a piece of information, it's what the Lord connects after that, and the word that connects into that person's life that you can't even fabricate. You you couldn't even orchestrate that. You know, like nine one one. You know, she works. For an emergency company. Right. And so right before the foundation of the earth, the Lord orchestrated all this for her, you know, for her word of destiny to be
1: released, which just blows me away. You also got our senior pastor's address, which now the whole internet knows. <laughs> but you got his street name, the intersection of that street with the main road and the house number and his favorite psalm. And But I think what's important for people to know is they... People on the outside looking at that now think that you know everything, but the truth is you didn't even you didn't you've got these clues and you don't know what they mean. Mm. And it's the majesty of God that He weaves them together. One of the things I love about you guys is that you don't just demonstrate the prophetic; you love to impart the prophetic. Sarah, talk to us about the school of prophets that you guys have got. Ryan, tell us about how that happened, what it looks like and how people can get involved.
2: Oh, it's very exciting. We're starting on the um, 16th of March this year, um, how that happened. We've had a a word about doing a school quite a number of years ago and we did do a school, um, but we really felt like that wasn't it. And so we actually shut that down. And and just last year, the Lord released three Ps, the... um, Gary spoke on it actually this morning, so check out the show notes and watch this morning. But it was three Ps, was prayer, praise, and the prophetic. And the Lord was just showing us how to respond to that prophetic word. And one of these was training people in the prophetic. And to do what we do, um, we want to raise up people that have integrity, have the love of the Father, and can show um, Jesus wherever they go. And so we really just want to release what we've been taught over the years. And so that was the heart behind the prophetic school.
1: And, and I, I'm totally not flattering. I, I don't know anybody better equipped to teach healthy prophetic protocol than you guys. Like you guys live it, model it. It's not about the gift. It's about character. It's uh, The thing, the hallmark of true prophetic ministry is the kindness of God. Mm. So when I watch you guys minister, I always weep. Because the kindness of God is moving. I'd see the same thing happen in, in David Wagner's life and in John Paul Jackson's life and, and many others. You know, it's it's the hallmark of the kingdom of God is, is God's kindness. So, is this a school that only people in Melbourne can attend?
2: Absolutely not. Because we got so many um, people around the world that know us and want the training, we actually felt the Lord really strongly about going online. So, we have, um, I think we only have five spaces available left. Um, we're only doing 25 students online, um, but you can find out how to apply for that on hillview.org.au and then you can uh, forward slash school of profits. And um, please apply by tomorrow, which is the 15th of February.
3: (laughs) Which is Sarah's birthday. Which is
2: my birthday. Which is when
0: this podcast goes live. So they basically, if you've just heard that and something lit in your heart, Go online now and apply. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) we will give you grace. If you were going to be planning on attending a prophetic school, you already knew this was coming. Exactly. Because you're so prophetic. You probably already got it filled in. (laughs) So people who don't live in Melbourne can attend the classes online, can still get the notes, can still get the exercises, will still get feedback. They will also
2: get um, one-on-one mentoring with one of our staff, if not either myself or Gary. So we're wow. doing um, small groups online um, via Skype or FaceTime um, as part of the school.
1: Uh, if you have got the time and the availability, I think you'd be nuts to not do that.
2: So it's really simple. It's just one session. Well, it's actually two sessions a week, but in one night. So it's just Thursday nights, um, Melbourne time. And um, But for the online students, it's on demand. So they'll just be required to watch it before the previous week or before their one-on-one session.
1: Wow. That sounds amazing. So we had some listeners' questions. We already asked you Shannon's question. Elle wrote in, and she said, uh, she's actually got a couple of questions. Well, you've kind of answered it. Her first question is, how do you know what you heard was from God? You talked about the resonance.
3: Yeah, it's, it's the resonance, really, of its agreement. You know, it says, his spirit agrees with our spirit that we're the children of God. And, you know, it's the same. It, it brings, it where that brings identity, the resonance brings an identifying of, you know, it's the Lord.
1: Gary, you mentioned this this morning and but I'll ask this question. Uh, I always hear about you guys getting a free house. How did that happen? You touched on that a little bit in the message uh, this morning. Sarah, give us the, I'm probably asking the wrong person out of the male or the female. I'm asking the female for the, the short version of how you got your house.
2: But actually you're asking the right person.
1: <laughs> All right. How did you guys end up getting given a house?
2: Oh, well, We'd done some prophetic ministry with a business couple Um, and I think it was about three or four months later, we happened to be back there and we went out for dinner and, um, they just presented it to us. And there's a whole story behind how we thought God was going to get, we were, we were actually giving God a different house. Um, and they gave it to us. We had it for a whole year and, um, it was just the most amazing gift.
1: So they gave you a house plus all the utilities. They did indeed. And then you had to live in America. Which was a huge deal because your whole married life, you'd lived on Samsonite Avenue, as mm-hmm. you would used Correct. to
0: say. Out of suitcases.
1: Out of suitcases. So now you had a base in the United States. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: And it was an amazing privilege.
1: And that set you up to then move eventually to Melbourne.
2: It did indeed.
1: All right. Last question we've got is, how would you recommend handling prophetic delay Like where someone tells you something and it takes forever. I know that happened to you, Sarah. It's just really, really hard. And that's that's the truth. You get a prophetic word. All of us want that prophetic word to happen now or at least an hour from now. And then when it doesn't happen next week or next month or even a couple of years, how do you handle your heart with timing and prophetic words?
2: Um, I think allowing yourself to be disappointed and to cry um, helps a lot because you're allowed to process those feelings with the Lord. Not just isolated from the Lord and having a couple of people that you can turn to when you really are just struggling. Right. So for one, the only person that I really did turn to was AJ during that season for me. But I think the one thing that really helped me in the season um, when I actually got to the end of myself of believing for Tobias was actually just taking my eyes off the words and looking at God's faithfulness. Because at the end of the day, he's faithful no matter what happens. And it even says in scripture about Sarah... She, she judged the Lord faithful and then got pregnant. Go and oftentimes we find the faithfulness of God after the fact of him providing something. And I actually came, I had to come to the place in my heart that he was faithful no matter what happened. And I actually got a revelation of God's faithfulness before the fact of the deliverance of the promise.
3: Always look at God's nature, not God's narrative.
1: So you has to have it with alliteration and some sort of rhyming. It's amazing how your brain works, Gary. <laughs> the one line is. Gary, do you realize, I just had this revelation, that th- this podcast right now was actually started First Fruits years ago when you and I started a podcast. That's right. Do you know I found that <laughs> podcast? <laughs> do you know- Are you not going to play it?
0: I thought about that a few days ago. I was oh like, Lord. wow, that I, was the seed. That was in Boise. <laughs> I'm going to dig out that
1: and listen to it. And if it's not absolutely appalling, <laughs> oh, I'm going to put it online and people can listen to the banter that we had years <laughs> ago. I'm
0: pretty sure AJ
1: and Full I deemed it Apple. as the Geek Squad. Yeah, it was. You it was did. something
0: like that. Pro- but I remember like us talking and saying, this is just, I mean, it's cute, but it's a colossal waste of time. And this sort of thing <laughs> I'll never catch on. <laughs> yeah,
1: so we're ahead of our time. That's just right. so prophetic That's right. (laughs) All right. Tell us something that happened while we're recording this that people might not know that happened.
3: So, while we were recording, um, I get this name, Flash, called Heather, and everything just stopped working.
1: Yeah, it's totally random. We were just recording, and then everything cut out. And as as I'm trying to work out, like, why did everything just cut out? That's so bizarre. We didn't do anything, nobody touched anything. And you were like, that's so weird. When everything cut out, I got this name.
3: And so, yeah, I'm just going to go with what I saw. And so, I saw. uh, the name Heather, and the 10th of November. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that you're coming into a place where the stress is moving to the bless. And I feel like you've been in a stressful time with what you do. And I feel like you're a justice person. I feel like you, you like work in social justice or something to do with social stuff. And I feel like the the very stress of your work is moving to the very bless of your work. And I feel like where you felt you've been striving, the Lord says you're going to start thriving. And Heather, I know, reminds me of Scotland. And so I just want to, yeah, just want to bless you that God is going to take you onto the hills of of blessing, not into the valleys of despair. And so I want to bless you with that in Jesus' name.
1: All right, let's <laughs> land this puppy. Um, if you want the show notes for this episode, if you want links to anything we talked about this week, you can find them at com slash Ninety. If you want to follow Gary and Sarah on social media, Gary is at Welsh Eagle on everything. That's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. He also has the hashtag word for you and that's word and then the number four and the letter U and you'll find Sarah you are on Twitter but you hardly ever use it yeah. you'll find Sarah way more active on Facebook and on Instagram and her username is at KiwiPrincess22 we didn't talk about 22s we'll have to save that for another podcast that's right and lastly if you want information about the School of Profits go to hillview.org dot slash School of Profits and you have a couple of hours to apply Faith, faith life, life
0: Communication Tacos and Video Games Paleo Donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experience